You are listening to a podcast from gravitychurch.com, Lodi, California. So good to have you guys here tonight with us. If you've never been to Gravity Church, then um, welcome. Saturday nights are always um, the highlight of the week for me and for a lot of people here. And the coolest thing about Saturday nights is that um, you never know what to expect. It's different every week. Um, we have people come in here on any given Saturday night from lots of different places, lots of different towns, lots of different churches and ministries, and we look at it as a really awesome opportunity for God to be able to plant seeds inside different hearts and to be able to take them all the different places that they go. Um, our vision and our heart is not to try to build some big giant church where Everybody in the Central Valley all goes to the same place and, you know, looks at each other. It's really much deeper than that. Our heart is for you to take the freedom of God and, and the understanding of God and take it back to where you live. And all of us live in different places. All of us do different things. Some of us enjoy spending time on the lake. Some of us enjoy doing different recreational activities. And our heart is for you to be able to understand that God's placed you in all of these different places and the joy that God puts inside of your heart is supposed to go with you everywhere that you go. It's like a seamless faith, really. It shouldn't have a beginning or an end. It shouldn't start and stop because you walk through the building of a church or because you, you go somewhere that's of a spiritual nature. And so Saturday nights is just a continuation of our life. This is just the next night, but it's a cool night because it's not every day that we get to see all your smiling faces. So welcome. Um, look around you. You guys see the question marks? You guys see the different things? One of the things that we like to do is we like to change things up every month. And this month, we're going to be talking about something that all of us can relate to. Um, if I were to ask you, how many of you have ever been lied to before? Most everybody in this room would be able to raise their hand and say, yeah, I've, I've been lied to. I've, un I've understood what it means to experience something that's not true. Um, we're going to talk about that a little bit this month. We're going to talk about what truth really is, because there's a lot of misconceptions about truth. There's a lot of things in this world that um, we think are true, but they're really not. And then there's a lot of things that we buy into that we think uh, maybe necessarily aren't true that we find really are. And everything in our life, I've found, falls into one of these two categories, true or false. Um, everything that we that we deal with in Scripture, everything that we deal with in our day-to-day our -day living, it's either real or it's fake, right? It's either real or it's fake. You know, the opposite of something that's true is what? Counterfeit, fake, imitation. Um, it's a lie, right? The opposite of truth is a lie. And... Many of us, if we were to look at our life tonight and I were to ask you to describe your life story or your life situation as it sits right now, you would tell me all kinds of random facts about your life. Maybe you'd tell me about a marriage that's deteriorating. Maybe you would tell me about an addiction. Maybe you'd tell me about a dream of making a million dollars. I don't know. You'd tell me all kinds of different facts that all assemble around your life, and they describe your life. But if I were to ask you, what's the truth in your life? 
it would be much different than the facts that you would lay out because sometimes the facts of our life and the truth are not the same thing. Matter of fact, if, if we look inside of our heart like we've been doing the last several months, we've been talking about things like forgiveness. We've been talking about love and what is real love and what is, how does love express itself to the world. And we've been talking about all of these really kind of deep things. And at the core of all of them is truth, is really the truth about God and the truth of how God interacts and injects himself into our life. Many of us here are in a pursuit of something real. Matter of fact, I'd say probably all of us here really want something that we can sink our teeth into, something that's not fake, something that's authentic. You know, we crave that, something true, right? Many of us look for that in relationships. We look through that um, in our mind's eye. We think if I can marry the right person and I can have my 2.7 children or whatever the the quota is that we're supposed to be up to these days, if I can make a certain amount of money, if I can look a certain way, if I could just lose X amount of pounds, I'd feel better. All these things were really masking over something that we all kind of deal with, and that is we're in pursuit of something real, something true, something genuine. So I want to ask you something that's kind of hard for some of us to answer this question. Um, how many of you guys have ever kept a secret? How many of you ever had a secret in your life that you've had to keep? Now, I'm not talking about the kind of secret like somebody comes to you and they say, hey, I've got something juicy to tell you. Don't tell anybody. That's not the kind of secret I'm talking about. I'm talking about something about you or something about your story or something about your life that you just can't talk about. You can't let it out of the bag. It's a secret. It's something that you keep to yourself. Maybe a few people know, but by and large, it's something that you keep to yourself. See, we all have those. We all have secrets. We all have those things that we keep to ourselves. Tonight, we're going to talk about the fact that God wants his truth to invade our secrets. If you have a Bible, would you open it up with me to the book of John? We're going to look at a story about a woman that encounters Jesus in an amazing turn of events in her life. It says in John chapter 8 and verse 1, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and Pharisees brought a woman they had caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. They came to Jesus and they said, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Now the law of Moses says to stone her, but what do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so, they, so he stood up again, and then Jesus said, All right, stoner, but let those who have, have never sinned throw the first stones. And then he stooped down again, and he wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. 
And then Jesus stood up again and he said to her, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. And then Jesus said to the people, I am the light of the world. And if you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness because you will see the light that leads to life. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you keep my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You ever heard that statement? You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. There's a lot of people that quote that and they have no idea that Jesus is the one that said it. A lot of people say that and they're just like, where'd that come from? But it's Jesus, Jesus is the one that said that. There's another place in scripture that we could look to. And those of you that like to study the Bible in depth and you like to take the time to just really search out scriptures, I invite you to look up the word truth and you will be amazed at how many times it's found in scripture. See, it's a, it's a primary central theme throughout all of God's story. In scripture, it's written so many times that God wants us to understand that that pursuit that you and I are continually on to discover and to know truth is really at the crux, a pursuit and a desire to know God. Jesus even said it like this. He said, I am the truth. You guys remember? We're going to look at that in a couple weeks. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And if you want to know God, you got to come through me. Jesus declared that he is truth. And so, As we read this story right here, it's pretty interesting because the circumstances that surround this story are really embarrassing. You know, sometimes we read through the Bible and we just like pick it up like it's just the Lodi News Sentinel and we're just browsing through and not really understanding the depth of what is really being explained in these stories. But here is a woman who was caught having sex with somebody that wasn't her husband. She was caught. Now, I think that's a little embarrassing. I don't know about you, but that's kind of a, you know, in my book, that's not, a, that's not the way I'd want my day to end. And to make matters worse, the guy that, or the people that caught her, drag her out of bed with this guy that she's with, and they bring her before Jesus. That's big. That's a really embarrassing situation. They bring her out of the act of committing adultery. And it's a whole political ploy, and it's a whole thing to try to get Jesus to look stupid and to try to make him say something wrong or to try to make him stumble over his words. And so they bring this woman before Jesus, and they're just like, okay, Jesus, what are you going to do with this woman? We caught her. Now tell us about this whole love your neighbor thing. Come on, how are you going to work it now? And Jesus, once again, just blows their mind by saying, okay, go ahead, deal with her the way you think you should, but first let me read your book. You see, what they encountered in that moment was not just a random situation. What they encountered was truth. They encountered the truth of God in that situation. And when you come face to face with the truth of God, It exposes everything about yourself. Now, this woman, she's caught, and she's in the middle of this embarrassing situation, and Jesus basically says, 
after everybody's walked off, where are your accusers? Who's gonna, who is going to enforce this rule on your life? And she's like, there's nobody here. And he says, I'm not going to condemn you either. And then he blows us away with the statement. He says, now go and sin no more. You know what Jesus did for this woman in that situation? Jesus exposed her secret. See, we don't know the whole details of this woman's past or this woman's life or everything that led up until this point. But I can guarantee you that this was a woman who did not talk about her life out in the open. There were parts of her heart that she couldn't tell anybody about. There were things in her life that she was ashamed of. There were things going on in her day-to-day choices that she had to cover up, that she couldn't be open about. In a nutshell, she was living a lie. She was living a lie. And because of what happened in this turn of events, her lie was exposed for everybody to see. She was brought out into the public. And what Jesus did by not judging her or condemning her was he set her free. Jesus said, the truth will set you free. And that woman walked away from that situation. And we don't know what happened to her after this in Scripture But I can guarantee she was never the same. Because that moment in her life, she encountered truth. What she had been looking for. She encountered what it was that she was trying to find. I want to show you guys a video tonight. We're going to turn the lights off in just a second. And we're going to watch the story of one of us. Somebody from this church who has been living with a secret too. And we're going to let him tell us, in his own words, um, what it's like and what he's had to live with. Dust, you ready? My name is Dave, and I have a secret. Everybody falls sometimes. When I was 17, I joined the Navy. I survived Vietnam. In 75 and Africa in 76 and later in Bosnia in 1999 2000 I've seen the worst that people can be uh, there is at least two times I should have been killed during my time in the Navy he was coming in and I was watching him and on the front of the plane they have the red green and yellow lights it tells him tells everybody on the deck whether he's on the ball or not and uh, he was coming in fine, but he was a little bit low, and then the ship dropped into a swell, and he went down with it, but when he came up, he was too close, and he hit the round down, the back end of the flight deck, and that split the plane in half. And <clears throat> over the whole aft end of the flight deck, as far as I could see, it was fire. It was all on fire. The only place that wasn't on fire that I could see was right where I was, but God has, he's been faithful to protect me, even though I wasn't following him at the time. Later, uh, I got out of the Navy and uh, I got married to Denna Lee. And we were married for very long, maybe two years or so, I think. But during that time, we had Dawn and a uh, cute little redheaded girl. 
I was, I was, uh, we got divorced, and uh, I was single for probably about a year when I met Alice. And uh, Alice and I were married shortly after that. Um, Debbie and David were born. Debbie first, then David. Uh, Alice and I were married for about 18 years. And then about 1995, I re-enlisted in the Navy Reserve. The Admiral's office called and was looking for volunteers to go to Bosnia. And I had a lot of reasons for accepting this mission. Uh, chief among them is, I, my thought was, if I went to a war zone, there was a possibility that I might not make it back. I wanted to be remembered as a hero serving my country, not for the mistakes that I made. When I returned from Bosnia, that's when I had to face all of those things that I'd been hiding from. My marriage was deteriorated. My relationships with my children were wounded. My immoral and illegal actions, activities. <clears throat> I was arrested and convicted and sent to prison. I was incarcerated for five years, 92 days. And I, I really thought that at that point that my life was over. I was old. What, what, what did I have to look forward to after that? You know, the shame that I felt when I was released from prison was overwhelming. I truly believed that I would not survive. I have a very clear understanding of how the lepers felt in the Bible, having to yell unclean and having everybody run away, being afraid, to let anybody inside. I felt that I could never, never get rid of that, the label that, that my crimes have given me to wear. It's a constant, it's just a constant reminder. But I understand one thing, God is not done with my life yet. My story is not finished, not by a long shot. Upon my release, I quickly found a church that accepted me as I was for who I am. I began to see that my life itself was a miracle, that I can stand bold in the love of Christ. And being able to do that is a miracle for me. My life doesn't look like it used to. I'm free from the fear and shame that bound me, uh, and I am ready to tell my story to whoever needs to hear it. Because with God's love and strength, I've cast off the shackles that, that Satan has put on, put on me. Uh, now, God can use me however he wants to use me. I have a tattoo on my left arm. It's a ship's sail, and it's, it's kind of broken up and torn. And that sail represents my life. There's a... Uh, a storm all around it, stormy seas, and the, all of that represents the garbage in my life, the, 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 the temptations in the past, and, and in the middle of it all is an anchor, and that anchor represents Christ holding me firm. I still struggle with persecutions. Uh, condemnation. Not everybody understands me 
my history. Not everybody understands how I can do the things that I did, but God loves them as he loves me. And uh, it's my purpose to love them as Jesus does. Do I always succeed? No, I struggle. I do. And it's, it's tough. It's very tough. But God and my church family and, the, and my family, we will survive. Um, my best days are ahead of me. And I declare the miracle right here and right now that is my life. Thank you, Dave. It takes a lot of courage to let us videotape you going. <laughs> the outtakes are what we live for. The rest of the stuff we endure just so we can get something funny on you guys. Let me show you something in Ephesians chapter 6. Let me share with you um, a short passage of Scripture that really helps us to understand where we're at tonight. This is familiar for a lot of you, but some of you have never heard this before. It says, be strong with the Lord's mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies and the, tri and the tricks of the devil. For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against those mighty powers of darkness who rule this world, and against wicked spirits in the heavenly realms. Use every piece of God's armor to resist the enemy in the time of evil, so that after the battle you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the sturdy belt of truth. And the body armor of God's righteousness for shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In every battle, you will need faith as your shield to stop the fiery arrows aimed at you by Satan. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray at all times and on every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit. This scripture right here reveals something to you and me that ties directly in with the story that we just heard and the story in the Bible that we just read. See, there is, and I don't want to freak you out here, but the truth is, there is a conspiracy. There is an evil plot. And it's not by your enemies or by people that you know. It's by the devil. And this plot that he has is very, very simple. He wants you quiet. He wants you silent. He wants you to not be free to tell the truth. 
about who you are. He wants to keep you in a place of fear of being exposed. He wants to keep you silent by intimidating you. How does it work? Well, if you read this passage in Ephesians, he says that there's strategies and schemes and plans to try to attack us. See, you and I all have the same story, no matter where we come from, no matter the life, no matter what your life looks that you've lived, all of us have the same story. We were all born into a world that was screwed up, and we've all been damaged every step of the way. Some of us have come to a place in our life where we've realized that we can't do anything with ourselves and we need help. And we reach out to God and God comes and invades our life and he begins to redeem us and remake us. And the Bible says he literally makes us become born again like we get to start over. And he takes all of the damaged goods that our lives have gone through and he starts to make something beautiful with it. But see, there's some of us who never, ever get past the shame of the progression that we've lived to be able to let God really use it. Now, I understand that. Nobody wants to get up in front of people and say, hi, I'm Jason, and this is what I used to be, or this is what I've done with my life, when it's, it's not pretty to look at. Nobody wants to bring that stuff on display, and that's not really even what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about is your fear. What I'm talking about is your inability to let God's truth deal with those lies that you've been told. What are the lies that I'm talking about? The lies are simple. People won't understand. If people know what you've done or who you were, they wouldn't love you like they would. They wouldn't accept you. They wouldn't want to be your friend. They wouldn't want to be around you. Um, you name it, these lies that you and I think on a regular basis, they paralyze us. Now, you think about the story of this woman that we just read. You think about what she lived with on a daily basis. You think about the secrets that she kept. You think about the things that she had going on inside of her head that told her the people which wouldn't love me. They wouldn't accept me. They wouldn't want me. And Jesus comes into her path, and Jesus sees her in all of her glory. It doesn't get any more blatant than where she was at, right? He sees her at her lowest point, and he sets her free with the truth. And my friends, that's what God wants to do for you and me. See, secrets, these question marks all around us, truth, false, all these things, secrets... They keep us small. God wants our lives to be big. God wants our lives to be powerful. God wants our lives to be full of joy and meaning. And secrets keep us small because we worry what if somebody really finds out what I'm like. Secrets keep us hiding for fear of being exposed. I'm always, I'm always just not really sure that I can just say what I feel. or I'm not really sure I can just be who I really am. So I've just got to kind of hide. And secrets, and this is the biggest one, they make us lie. 
Secrets make us lie. I don't want to take a poll here tonight and say, does anybody here ever tell lies? No, not anybody here in this room. Think about it. Think about your life right now. And think about the lies that you tell. I'm not going to ask you to admit them, but you just know. Think about the lies that you tell. We love to call them white lies, I know. They're just little half-truths. They're white lies. They're just exaggerations. They're just whatever. For our purpose tonight, they're not the truth. And anything that is not the truth, remember, is what? To lie or fake. <laughs> call me a liar. Just don't call me fake, right? We don't want to. Don't call me fake, you know? Yeah. Lies. The real core question is why? Why do we feel like we have to lie? Why do we feel like we have to exaggerate? Why do we feel like we can't be honest? Because we have secrets. Because there's something inside of our life, inside of our past, inside of what we see inside. When we look in the mirror, there's something that I have to cover up. And so I have to put on a facade in everything. And it starts off so small. It starts off with just this little exaggeration. But the next thing you know, it's just incorporated into my life. See, Jesus gave this woman a gift that was caught in adultery. Jesus gave this woman something that many of you don't see in your life right now. That he's giving you the same thing. Jesus gave this woman an opportunity to tell her secrets. When Dave did this video, and I, I met Dave as soon as I got here to this church, and we went and had breakfast, and he told me his whole story of everything that he's been through, and I encourage you to talk to him. I encourage you to get to know him. But Dave was scared to death that if people knew what he had done in his life, that they wouldn't love him, that they would reject him. And I've watched God set Dave free to where he would get in front of all of us and share a video and say, look, this is my life. It's not pretty, but this is, what I'm, this is my life. Because Dave saw the opportunity that God had given him to tell his secrets. And you know what happens when your secrets are told? They lose their power over you because you're free. You've been set free. And some of us tonight are so scared of the secrets that we're hiding from. We're so scared that somebody's going to find out who I really am. We're so scared that somebody's going to find out what I've done. We're so scared that it's going to come out. And then what? Because we've been living for so long, covering it up. We cover it up from our spouse. We cover it up from our children. Some of us as parents are so, so convinced that our kids wouldn't even love us that we have to put on this front like mommy and daddy have it all together. We're going through financial turmoil. We can't pay our bills. Our electricity is about to be turned off, but we don't want our kids to know anything's wrong. We want them to be, think everything's fine. And it's because we're afraid that there's something some, somewhere that's going to be told. 
And God wants us to be free. God wants the truth of God to come into our life, into our circumstances, and to set us free. There's nothing more liberating than to be able to stand before you guys tonight and be able to say, my name is Jason, my life is a wreck. I'm not a shining example of perfection for you. I'm not somebody who has this life figured out. I'm a pastor now, and I know know way less today than I did 10 years ago. It seems like it's going down. You're supposed to be learning, figuring it out as you go, and for me, the curve's going the other way. I have more questions now than I ever have, and yet, I don't have anything to hide. My life is an open book because Jesus has set me free from the fear of what you think if you found out my dirty laundry. Don't go digging, though, please. That's not good for either of us. If I were to tell you tonight, you don't have to let your secrets haunt you anymore. Many of you would be like, oh, okay, I'll do it. What do do I got to do? But it's not that simple. Because what we're dealing with is not really just a a come-to-Jesus talk, right? It's like, all right, come up here, and here's the microphone. Tell everybody what you've done. No, it's not like that. What we're dealing with is an issue of truth. See, God wants his truth to invade your life. God wants his truth to come into the places that you live. God wants his truth to be with you in everything that happens and in everything that goes on. We're going we're gonna to learn in the weeks to come that truth has a voice and it talks to us. We're going to learn that Jesus, when he says, I'm the truth, he means it in a personal way. But tonight, I want you to open your heart and I want you to open your mind to the possibility. Just to the possibility. You don't even have to take it. You don't even have to believe me. But you just have to open your mind to the possibility that when Jesus said that if you know the truth, it'll set you free, that it can really be true for you. That when Jesus said that you can know the truth and the truth will set you free, that you're not exempted. I'm going to have Josiah come back up here. He's going to play some more music for us, a few songs, and we're going to take communion tonight. And communion for, for us on Saturday nights is a, um, it's a really special thing. Because on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, I go through so many things in my life that cause me to forget what's really important in my life. Jesus came and rescued the broken goods of my life. He didn't do it because I asked him to. And this is the part that blows my mind, really. Jesus did not come and fix me and come after me because I was on my last leg begging him to come. No. The Bible says that when we were still in our sin, that Jesus came and died for us. In other words, I wasn't finished with my life yet. I was not looking for a savior. I did not want him to come and fix me. I was still enjoying the party. And he came anyway. And then to make matters worse, when he came, 
I told him to leave me alone. I didn't even want what he was offering. I rejected him. We all did. And he died anyway, and he gave us life. And so tonight, as we come, there's a communion station here. There's a few here and here. As we come to this communion stations tonight, it's with a heart that says, God, I want to remember. I want to remember what the most important thing is. It's this. This is the most important thing that I have. God, I want to come to you tonight with all of my lies. Would you pray with me? God, I want to come to you tonight in my brokenness. I want to come to you tonight, God, knowing that I need you. I can't fix myself. I want to come here tonight to this table, God, and I want to take this bread. And when I look at it, I don't want to just think of bread. I want to think of you. And I want to think of what you did for me. And then I want to dip it in that juice, God. And I want to relate to the pain that you went through for me. And I want to think about the fact that you did it even when I didn't want you to. You saw what was best for me when I couldn't even see it for myself. God, fill my heart with joy. Fill my heart with gratitude. Fill my heart with completeness tonight as I enter into this encounter with you. I want to invite you to come tonight. I want, you to invite you, I want to invite you to these stations and I want to invite you to take this bread and this juice, dip it in the juice and, and I want to invite you to find a place where you can be real with God. For some of you, you don't know what that looks like. You don't know how to get real with God. And that's okay. You're here in this place tonight, whether you realize it or not, because God wants to know you. You didn't stumble in. You didn't accidentally come. You didn't come even because somebody invited you and you think, oh, I'm just being nice. No, you're here because God wants to talk to you. And this is a moment when he can talk to you in a really real way. And so I'm gonna challenge you that if you've never done this before and if you wanna hear God's voice, come to one of these stations, take this bread, dip it in the juice and then find a place and say to God, God, if you're real, show me who you really are. And he will. We're gonna examine ourselves tonight as we come to these stations and let God have us. Would you come? Come on.
Josiah James, if you guys haven't seen his stuff out there, I've, I've, I've had his CD for a long, long time. Um, it's worth getting. It is absolutely really, really good stuff. I assure you, you guys will not be disappointed. Um, before you guys leave tonight, I wanted to tell you about a few things that are happening around here that are just really, really special. Um, over the course of the last several months, as we've begun to, to just really give ourselves to God and just say, God, you can do whatever you want to do with us. We're not going to hold you back and we're not going to tell you how to do it. We're just going to let you do whatever you want to do. God's began to open doors and build relationships and, and do some really special things. And um, one of the things that we've been praying about was, God, we, we want to be able to touch people that come through the doors here on Saturday nights, no matter where they fall in their life or their background or their age or whatever. And, and um, so one of the things that we saw was a really big need was for high school and junior high age students that were coming through the doors on Saturday nights and feeling the connection that we had with the 118 Center um, and knowing the relationship that we have with them. We really felt like there was a way for us to try to partner together with them somehow so that we could really be um, uh, capturing and, and building relationships with people. And um, God brought a really special couple uh, through the doors one Saturday night that we believe is, is uh, an answer to prayer. And um, I'd like for Nick and Crystal just to wave your hands at everybody tonight. Nick and Crystal, they're starting in the beginning of April. They're going to be starting to work with our high school and junior high students. And um, we're really excited. Um, Nick and I have been friends for a long, long time. Um, and we're really, really excited about, about what God's putting on their heart and um, what God's going to be doing. Another really cool thing that, that's happening is many of you know that um, part of our vision is to be able to let God use this building um, in lots of different capacities to reach lots of different people. And um, we've been sharing the facility with a church on a weekly basis for the last year, and it's worked out awesome. Um, we just, we love what they're doing. They're, they're reaching out to a, a group of people that um, that they feel very called to reach out to. And, uh, and so it's been a beautiful thing to share the building with Victory Outreach Church. Well, this last week on Thursday night, we, uh, we bunked up with another church. So we've got three sharing this building on a weekly basis now. A Spanish church um, began holding services here last Thursday night. And uh, I drove by and uh, just to make sure they knew how to, you know, <laughs> turn the lights on and all that good stuff. And I didn't want to, you know, it's kind of, you know, you don't want to spy on them or anything. So I was over here looking through the people on the window trying to see, <laughs> see what was going on. And they were having a great time. It was so cool to see. And um, so we got three churches sharing the building right now. Um, the beginning of April, three or four weeks away, we have a fourth church that's going to be moving in with us. And um, I don't know if, if you've heard, but there's, a, there's an awesome church in Stockton called Reality. Uh, Reality Stockton is, uh, is a church that um, I have a lot of friends that go to, and I've personally been, to, been there and, and uh, just absolutely love their ministry and love their heart for reaching people. Um, I listen to their podcasts, and uh, I just love to be able to connect with other churches and ministries, and, and God has knit our hearts together and is... is is uh, bringing them towards Lodi, and they want to plant a church in Lodi. And so starting uh, the Sunday after Easter, we're going to be having a Sunday morning service in this building uh, by a fourth church, Reality Stockton. And we're really excited about that because there's, a, there's just a huge need in the city of Lodi. 
And um, we believe that God is waking up his church, and he is doing it like never before. He's, he's, uh, he's killing the ego and the pride that the church has had for a long time, and he's ushering in humility and grace so that he can do what he wants to do with us. And so lots of cool stuff is happening, so be looking on our website and keeping in touch because that's where that we do most of our communication. All of our stuff is online. We have podcasts on, on everything that we do here on Saturday night, so if you like to hear the teaching again, or some of the music, sometimes we're able to put that on there as well. Um, That's it. So you guys have a great week. We'll see you here next Saturday for the New Divide. They're coming in from Washington. Great band, as you guys all know. So we'll see you next week. Have a good week. You've been listening to GravityChurch.com.